Hello and welcome to the Work in Real Life podcast. I'm Jenny Winspear. And I'm Marcus Farrell. Today we're joined by the fantastic Claudia Sutton. She's our second guest in the podcast room. She's a life coach, co-founder of Alt Collective, and she's a personal friend of mine. Any of you who do know Claude will know that you'll leave any conversation with Claude feeling positive. So thanks for joining us, Claude. Thank you so much. Yay, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, okay, well, so for those that don't know me, I know you as well. Um, <laughs> so my name is Claudia Sutton. I'm from Jersey and um, my background is kind of recruitment. I worked in Jersey recruitment for 10 years nearly. Um, also worked in London and recruited across kind of different industries um, from trainee through to kind of executive level. So lots of um, experience in, in kind of yeah, helping people find jobs and navigate their careers. Um, in 2019, I decided to kind of transition my own career and moved into the coaching space. So yeah, so kind of, I trained as a transformational life coach. And since then, I launched a business um, with an ex-colleague of mine um, who worked, we worked together at Rollins. And yeah, we started, founded Alt Collective and have been kind of growing that business since. Amazing. And actually, I was looking up some stats, as I do, for uh, life coaching as well. And I found out that it's the second fastest growing industry in the world with an average yearly growth of 6.7%, which is just mad. Another fun fact that I had was that women make up 70% of all coaching professionals globally. Mm. So there you go. You're one of one of the many. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me, actually. Both I've done two kind of certifications as part of my training. And it was, I'd say, 80% women in both of them. Wow. So there were a few guys. They tended to dominate the conversation, shockingly, in there. Oh, no, he's But yeah, so it is, it's booming. It's booming. It's a really exciting industry, and I'm loving it. It's like diving into this incredible um, industry that there's so many different paths you can take. And yeah, it's exciting. Cool. So if, if you're going to define life coaching then for those people who don't really know what this is, and I know you kind of work in corporate world as well as sort of one-to-one coaching, can you just give the listeners a general description of what it is? Yeah, of course. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of common misconceptions around what it is. And I think people think, oh, well, you're just going to tell me what to do with my life and, you know, what qualifies you to do that, um, which is certainly not what it is. You know, it's non-advisory really, unless you kind of build in more of like a mentor um, program and make it more consultancy based on your background, I guess. So, um, but it's really an explorative explorative um, process where you partner with an individual and you really start to kind of help them build self-awareness um, and achieve their goals. So it's very much looking at where you are now, where you want to be and what might get in the way of you getting that. Um, so kind of uncovering um, all the blocks and limitations that we tend to put on ourselves, like the limiting beliefs, the unhelpful habits that we've formed, um, all of those things like procrastination, perfectionism, all the things that get in our, we get in our own way, basically, and help people to really fulfil their potential. God, I feel like I could do with some procrastination. <laughs> I, I'm a terrible procrastinator. Yeah. That, do, you, do you get stuff like that a lot? Like, is it... Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And to be honest, I actually, before I started trading to be a coach, I, ha- I actually didn't really realize what it was. <laughs> so I was very inspired by Sophie, who's my now business partner, who was living in London and she had kind of, she worked in recruitment and careers and then transformed her career and, and had moved into coaching. So I was like, oh, Sophie, me, I loved working with her. So I'll go and do the same course she did and coaching and I'd always been interested in mental health and well-being um, and had been looking at different ways to kind of I suppose transition my own career into something that was really um, helping people because I met so many people that were suffering with stress, anxiety, um, you know, 
issues and concerns in the workplace and obviously as a recruiter there was a limitation as to how much I could help them. So I really wanted to either go down more of the counselling or therapy route, um, which again, there's a common misconception about where, where does coaching sit within that? You know, is it like just like therapy? And it's it's not. You know, therapy is very much you know looking at the past and working through trauma. Coaching is very much right. Let's let's move forward. Let's where are you now? And let's move forward. And of course, you have to touch on things that have happened in the past, but it's not. You know, it's not to do with trauma. So. Um, so basically, yeah, I mean, I can't remember the question now. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, just got me thinking there, but why, mm. I mean, Jenny alluded to the stats there of the growth yeah. of like the industry of mm. life coaching. Um, and I've written down here in 2023, it seemed that everyone became a personal trainer, a podcaster, like we did, <laughs> or a life coach. Um, yeah. Why do you think it's become such an important thing? And like, what's missing from our lives so people are looking for? coaches like where, mm. where traditionally would they have gone but now they're going to a life coach yeah why do you think this kind of grown so much i think i mean obviously the last kind of couple of years have been significant changes in our global landscape i mean obviously the pandemic caused so much disruption but it also meant people had a lot more time to self-reflect mm-hmm. on what was important to them um, and i think that made people you know coaching can help you navigate really big life decisions and ha- navigate change and make change mm-hmm. um so i think there was a big increase in people um and getting interested in what, how can I take more ownership? I think we felt so out of control mm-hmm. and coaching is all about empowering you as an individual to take back control and really make positive change in your life. So I think that is, has played a factor probably to the increase in probably coaches, all different areas, you know, you see it in fitness and health and wellbeing and, and there's lots of different types of routes you can do, go down with coaching. Um, and I think once you start to get a taste of coaching and you start to really um, see how it transforms your transforms your own life and that's sorry that's what I was saying before when I started studying I didn't really realize what it was going to be and you go through it when you're when you're learning about it to uh, to train as a coach you're coaching yourself like you have to go through everything yourself you practice all the tools on yourself first you're being coached um, and you have to have a certain amount of hours being coached so it just it's transformed my whole life and I think that happens for anyone who kind of gets into that coaching so actually once you've got a taste of that you're like oh hold on a second this is starting to upgrade different areas of my life you're like, you want more of it. Yeah, I mean, I think... I mean, have you got any experience with a men- having a mentor or a coach or anything? Only sort of, like, m- people who manage me. They've yeah. I've been taken on the role of mentor and coach <laughs> and stuff, but no formal external coach. Yeah, because, I, I mean, the only reason I ask is I literally had, like, my first, I guess, men- formal mentoring mm. session mm. the other day. Um, with um, an external? With an external. Okay. I think it was with Leo Harrison from Chapter 2. Shout out there for the session. Um, (laughs) But it was great just to chat to Mm. someone. Um, I mean, that was arguably more mentoring than coaching. Mm. I guess there's a bit of crossover. But I mean, I would definitely implore anyone to kind of Mm. just chat to someone that's, you know, external to who you'd normally talk to. And I I think it really helps because I guess a key thing that everyone wants to do is get better at things they don't like doing. Right? 100%. well, how, how would you suggest to people that they approach doing stuff they don't like doing and being able to do more of it? That's a really good question. Um, this is something that I had to really learn because I hadn't realised that it was actually when you wanted to grow, you had to get uncomfortable. Um, I had a coach who told me, get comfortable with the uncomfortable. And it was literally like, you know, it was, it was one of those moments where I was like, Oh, because I was really good at starting things. And then as soon as it got a little bit hard and that kind of self-doubt creeped in and I wasn't very good at it, I just thought, 
nah, it's easier not to. It's not for me. It's not, it's not my thing. And it just meant I played small. I didn't take risks. I wasn't, you know, progressing in my career. It held me back in loads of different things. So as soon as I was willing to actually break through that kind of, to, well, just to appreciate that growth requires you to get uncomfortable. You know, you're not going to grow unless you are willing to step outside your comfort zone. And that is when all the fear comes in, all the self-doubt. Um, you know, you're not going to be good at something straight away or you're not going to suddenly believe that you are the best person at doing it because you're probably not. And that's OK, too. Um, so I had actually a really good um, definition for confidence. And um, it's Mel Robbins, who's this like... You know Mel, she's a great podcaster too. Um, very American, obviously, but we love her. Um, but she, you know, she, I think there is this like common misconception that confidence is a feeling. Like I'm, I feel confident and so I do something. It's like, no, because if you wait to feel confident, you'll never do anything new because you're not going to suddenly feel really confident in the new thing. You know, it's like you've got to be willing to feel scared, terrified, anxious, you know, butterflies, all the things, but still carry on. And so it's like confidence is actually an action. It's the willingness to try and to be terrible and to fail <laughs> and to, you know, mess up and then to try again. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. I was always told, like, when I was first learning drums, it was like, don't be confident in your ability to actually do it. Be confident in your ability to deal with it when it goes wrong. Love that. And it just makes way more sense, doesn't it? Because yeah. then you're not worried about the doing. You're worried about, yeah. like, well, it might go wrong but I can yeah. deal with it when it goes wrong, so it's mm -hmm. so, so. In your kind of coaching sessions with people, how many times do you hear work as a point of anxiety? So often. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think that our workloads are ever increasing. I think like the pressure and the stress and the demands of like the working world now is, is kind of, you know, people are trying to do everything all at once. You know, they want to be the best at work, they want to be the best in their social lives, they want to be, you know, there's that kind of, um, but yes, I mean, specifically to work, I think there's also additional challenges with resources and, you know, people being stretched and not having the tools to actually navigate stress as well. Um, so a massive part of the work that I do as a coach is to really kind of help people who, are, who may be stressed first to kind of gain clarity around what it is that's actually stressing them out because often we are stressing about things that are actually out of our control mm. and so actually gaining clarity around what is in your control mm. and all the stuff that isn't you have to let it go and you have to focus on the things that you you have direct impact on and then take action from there mm. um, and you know I do find that having a coaching session just being able to get everything off your chest like you said someone who isn't you know your manager or your, or your friends or your family member can just be so helpful even just having that space to share that that stuff and then being able to kind of work it through and, and create a plan and how to move forward um can alleviate alleviate a lot of stress i love um what you said and i just want to pick up on that kind of circle of control so yeah. i actually learned about it today and mm. i love it it's that um <laughs> it's that concept where there's basically three circles in this diagram i'm visualizing it now but i'm going to describe mm. it um, outside is the thing that outside of your control and they're the things that mm. you really shouldn't let yourself get stressed of because you have, you have no control. So mm. this is things like the weather, mm. how other people treat you, 
um, you know, the, you know how people like brides get so stressed about the weather on their wedding on their wedding days. <laughs> I say brides, maybe. Yeah, I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty stressed too. about that. Yeah. On my wedding yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, there's no point in stressing over something like that because it's completely out of your control. You're you yeah. just have to live with whatever happens. Mm. But then it goes into and and things like you know war or yeah. um, other external factors like economic conditions. That mm. is all outside of your control. So don't stress about it. Mm. Whereas when you start to go in in the in the layers of the circle yeah. things like your the, your behavior and your thoughts and your feelings they're all within your control so that's mm-hmm. much a much better thing as it's something you use in your yeah. you're nodding a lot yeah, and yeah. Like, it's a really this powerful is a revelation tool. to me yeah it is a revelation because and also you know having that first circle is just getting every single thing you're concerned about mm-hmm. out because then you'll start to realize yeah oh my god i'm worried about this person and what they think about this and it's like well that's not in your control either yeah you know and all of these different things and actually just really being able to see it and then you know the circle of control sorry circle of concern circle of control and then circle of commitment having those things that you're actually going to be like right yeah I commit to actually taking action on this and all the things that you can't take action on you have to like actively choose to let go Mm -hmm. because your mind will just attach to those things and it's like you know overthinking and worrying and catastrophizing and then you're just down this hole of <laughs> despair. <Yeah. laughs> does it does that kind of work the other way around though, just playing devil's advocate? Mm. So if you've got someone that comes to you and is sort of like, you know, I've, I've, I feel like I've lost my way, I have no purpose, mm. I don't have a meaning, can you use that same model to like put things in your middle circle? Do you see what I mean? Or is that not really how it works? Or how would you suggest to someone approaching that if you're yeah. like, look, I'd almost like to be stressed about things because I have nothing to be stressed about because mm. I don't really care. Yeah. Does that ever happen? When you feel like you're disengaged. I, mean, well, I think when yeah, people like feel apathy, so... Apathy, yeah, right? apathy. Kind of... Yeah, I think people lose their sense of connectedness to who they truly are, yeah. what they really care about. Yeah. I think that can lead to feeling really disengaged and uninterested, un- mm. unmotivated, you know, unenergized. So I think actually having... There's, there's a few more circles that you can do. This is, different, <laughs> this is a different circle. <laughs> but it, it's, it's called the zone of genius. Right. Okay. And... Um, I think there's like loads of different ways you can do this. They talk about the, J- the Japanese, like ikigai, like what's your purpose? And mm-hmm. it's like where your strengths, your natural kind of strengths, your interests and your talents, I think there's, yeah, kind of over- overlap. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also what you can get paid for. I mean, that's more in like the professional setting. But like you start to see like, okay, well, what, what am I naturally good at? And when you're doing things that you're naturally good at and they're actually playing to your strengths, you feel a lot more connectedness to them. Um, like you find that in work, if people are really disengaged, it's probably because they're not like being utilised to their full potential or playing to their strengths. You know, so how can you reconnect yourself mm-hmm. and actually start to remember? You know, what are you interested in? Mm-hmm. What does light you up? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's um, yeah, it's really powerful to build that self awareness. Mm-hmm. I think as well when I was looking into sort of life coaching and professional coaching specifically mm. that it seemed like it could be really successful. And actually 25 to 40% of all Fortune 500 companies include executive coaching as part of their standard leadership. Mm. So I was quite shocked because that's that's quite a lot. I've, I've never had a coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's my coach? Where's my coach? Yeah, exactly. Um, and um, so I was wondering basically um, if you have some really good success stories that you've seen um, that you could share with us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in terms of... Um, so two years ago I did a, a, like an online certification with this incredible incredibly successful and just incredible coach um called Alyssa Nabriga give her a shout out she's like my little guru I see like she's um, she's like on my shoulder always like <laughs> um but she is someone who has just you know she, I on the program um there was like I think 
every live call was like 200 people and I, w I actually did one of her free live calls last night there was a thousand people on that wow. she's making like like millions in her pro certification program which is a year long yeah. you know it's like and, 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 and I almost re-enrolled because it's so good like genuinely yeah. so there's a high re-enrollment rate she's clever she's really good at sales but she's also just like you know she's really you know the core you know of some of these like coaches is is really making an impact in the world like a positive impact and it's so awesome to see highly conscious and um amazing humans doing amazing work but also making money through it it's like conscious capitalism you know it's yeah, like yeah. it's not one or the other like you know i think there's this kind of um image of that you can't you can't do good things and make money mm. but that's just a limiting belief as well that For you know sure. well i think i think especially with the life coaching space i mean i mm. must admit when I think of it, it mm. doesn't have the greatest kind of connotations mm. in my brain. I'm like, a life coaching, is it going to be someone just mm. sort of shouting motivational quotes at me? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Bad, but, bad but, experience. Yeah, but, <laughs> but by the sounds of things, it's, it's not that, right? No. It's it's very different. Yeah. yeah, it's, you know, I think, again, it's, it's not about giving someone the answers. It's about helping them find, because, you know, it's about unlocking their answers. About, and, you know, we all hold the key to our own lives. So it's really non-advisory. I mean, I think that's again where it, mentoring would be more giving advice mm -hmm. you know coaching really the like the heart of it is not actually meant to be giving advice obviously you can share insights and studies and point people and you know to certain tools and things like that but you're really trying to help them unlock their own wisdom mm -hmm. um, which is powerful yeah for sure you know I'm, I'm gonna I'm I've had an experience with coaching because I, I did a module at university mm. uh, where we had to coach each other. It was, mm. it was the assessment. And, um, you know, they unlocked all these problems that I was dealing with. And <laughs> we started talking about them. And then I found the process very frustrating because mm. I didn't have the answers. I'm a very resourceful person. You know, if I yeah. have a problem, I'll try and solve it before needing to. And I will talk to other people and, mm. and try and solve it that way. But to go to a formal coach, some, sometimes I, I would feel, and I don't know if that's just my personality, mm. that... I just want somebody to tell me the answers. And I know mm. creating ownership by creating it yourself is, mm. is going to be a good thing. But how do you deal with people who have that problem where mm. they, they just want you to give you the answers and they're not enjoying the coaching process? Well, thankfully I haven't had that. <laughs> but I know what you mean. Yeah. I do know what you mean. And, um, and I do think it's about finding the right coach as well. Mm. You know, it depends what you're looking for, I think. Um, because hopefully working with a great coach, you know, they will be able to help you get to that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess on the flip side of that, there's also like that saying that's like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So mm. what if they find the solutions themselves and mm. then actually they just, they mm. never do anything. Every every coaching meeting you you meet up and you go, oh, you know, how did you progress <laughs> on your goals? Terrible, like, so you know that stuff I suggested that you would, should do this mm. week. I yeah. didn't do yeah. it. And you didn't do it. <laughs> Just tell me why you didn't do it. <laughs> well, that's it as well. I think it's really important to be setting goals that are actually aligned with what that person truly is committing to. Yeah. And a massive part of, you know, again, which um, the coach I train with talks about is at the beginning of a coaching, you know, container or whatever, you know, the kind of program they're doing, assessing their commitment to, to, to taking action. Because, mm -hmm. no, you know, a goal without action is just a wish. So unless they are willing to actually take action and they're really 100% committed, mm -hmm. well, then there's no point. They're not ready. If they're not, they're not ready to be coached because coach is about, coaching is about change and transformation and moving forward and, and, um, and taking action. So, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's really important to be... You have to want to be... Want it, to want, want it, want to 100%. Learn, and, and to be honest, the first, you know, from... I know what you mean. When I first started being coached, 
I hadn't also realised the importance of taking action. I realised I was still <laughs> stuck in an action. Yeah. You know, it doesn't... You change and transformation takes time as well. You know, you're not just going to go to a coaching session and you might have some amazing insights. But the reality is, is that to create sustainable, long-lasting change, you have to be willing to show up every single day and just take consistent action. And if you don't take action on one day, know that it's okay and start afresh the next day. Mm -hmm. You know, because I think we can have this all-or-nothing mentality where... Oh, I've not done it now. You need to see that New Year's resolutions are a great example. I think it's like 80% of New Year's resolutions people fail yeah, by like well, the end of January or something. This week, I think it's this Monday is the yeah. day where everyone it's like, give up. Yeah, <laughs> because people set unrealistic goals, yeah. they go, they think that they can achieve all these things straight away and suddenly they're going to be a different person because they've decided to be a different person and then they aren't and they're like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, no, no, no. And, the, and I, you know, I, I get that because I think that's what the, the expectation of, um, you know, I suppose some coaching can be as well. It's like, you want instant results. You want to change right now. Well, you you know, why aren't I different? <laughs> well, I guess there's no quick fixes, really, there's is no there, in fixes. this, sort of, in well, this sort of thing? The one thing I found which is a quick fix is literally self-compassion. You know, like, changing the way you think about something can change your whole experience of it, even with nothing else changing. Like, changing the way you think about yourself, mm -hmm. being compassionate to yourself when you do revert to your old ways of being. You know, like you said, seeing, seeing all the things and being like, oh my God, I have to change everything. I'm broken. It's like, no, 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 self-compassion. <laughs> and like, as you, as you navigate, you know, moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, but being, like, that's one thing that I found to be transformational. Like, and that's, that can start straight away. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, I've, I've written down here is like, how important is self-awareness when it comes mm. to sort of like, Career growth, personal growth, I guess what you're saying is there is that that's where it begins, right? It's 100%. like being self-aware enough to go, I think I need to be, I'm ready. Yeah, and that's the process of coaching. The, the initial stage is helping someone build self-awareness. Because mm -hmm. so often we're living, you know, living our lives, um, getting up, going to work, going home, getting to bed. You know, we're in a routine and we're in our, you know, habitual way of living on the kind of hamster wheel. And then coaching kind of takes you off that and start you start to reflect and you start to build self-awareness around all of the, I suppose, unconscious limiting patterns, like limiting beliefs, um, things like procrastination, perfectionism, you know, things that get in our way of feeling good and achieving our fullest potential in whatever area of life. I suppose that's the life thing. It could, once you, once you get it to the root as well, it's like, that's why it's kind of life, it's, it's, the core of it is the same. You know, the core of it usually comes down to like, not feeling good enough yeah. or not having, you know, not having that self-belief and having, you know, yeah, not feeling good enough is a massive one. <laughs> you know, I think that's what I see within so many um, different people that I've worked with. It's like, if you just believe in yourself and you can really have that self-compassion to really, you know, start being kind to yourself. It's like amazing how yeah. horrible we are to ourselves. Like yeah. we're our own harshest critics. Well, I think, actually... I think we've all been there, haven't we? When you have like, you mess up or you have like a bad mm. day or whatever and you're just like, oh, I'm useless or oh, I'm rubbish or yeah. whatever. And ultimately, I think it's like you're saying there about the circles, it's mm. like, I'm not in control of a lot of the reasons why I actually feel really bad mm. about today, so I need to like get a grip. Yeah, <laughs> and building and having that self awareness helps you to notice it when it comes up. It's not necessarily about not having it. It's mm. not about not being triggered or not having a bad day. But it's when you do, you have the tools to support yourself. Yeah, you know that's because I mean we're going to be with ourselves for the whole of our lives. It's like <laughs> the ultimate. Um, we're our ultimate best friend, basically. And if we are treating ourselves horrendously or like. You know, if we don't have self-awareness around how we talk to ourselves or what we truly want, um, what we, you know, what we want to be in the world and all those kind of things, then you're kind of just living someone else's life a lot of the time. Sure. I mean, I've got, we, we alluded to it there a little bit with like 
life coaches and things like that but what should so say i'm i'm on the market for in the market on the market for a life coach <laughs> yeah i've i've realized self actualization i'm aware enough that i need mm-hmm. a bit of coaching to get me to where i want to go yeah what would you say to someone is like red flags you should be aware of because mm. i know that there's like you're on instagram you see people being like professing to be a life coach or having all the answers and stuff like that yeah how do you find the right life coach yeah, it's a really good question. Because as you said, it's like it's like the boom, isn't it? There's like everyone's calling themselves a life coach or some sort of coach. So, um, you know, it is unregulated. So anyone can call themselves a life coach um, or, you know, any type of coach. Um, but there are kind of membership bodies and professional bodies that you can kind of go, like that have a credit, well, their accreditation, well, that's the word, courses that can be accredited, basically. So I would always look into someone's background in terms of their, you know, professional qualifications, um, you know, it depends on also what, what you're looking for. So actually, what is their background? Are they, you know, are they coaching from a place of authenticity? You know, do they have experience in that thing? Or what are, what are you actually looking for? And, and does that feel in alignment? But I do think looking at their professional background is really important. You know, do they have a, um, an accreditation that is, is, has ICF or EMCC, which are the two kind of um, European and then the International Coaching Federation? Um, you know, that's a really good place to start because that's kind of trying to up-level the coaching industry mm-hmm. um, by setting these standards and kind of ethics and things like that. So you know that... Because it's a vulnerable space. You know, you're going to be um, kind of working with someone in quite like a, an intimate way as well. And whether it's professional coaching or, or life coaching generally or career coaching, whatever that is, um, you want to know that you're working with the right person and that they, um, yeah, are working to a certain standard that is professionally accepted. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Claude. We have a bit of a finishing tradition where we like to discuss a myth um, about 30, something you have to have achieved before you're 30. And we did ask you to do a little bit of prep, but I believe you've got an answer. Okay, yeah, the myth being that fun stops when you're 30. It's true, isn't it? <laughs> you're not even 30 yet. <laughs> no, no. I've got one, one, week, one week left. So I've, got, I've got to cram it all in. But I, I actually think life gets funner after 30 from what I've seen. My, yeah. girl, my fiance is having a great time. Anyway, she's 32. I, I was once told that your 30s are the best years of your life. And I'll tell you why. It's because... <laughs> I'll tell you for why. <laughs> yeah. It's because you're much more sure of yourself. You know who you are. You know where you want to go in life usually. And it's okay if you don't, but often you have a good sense of where you're going. You are usually making much more money than you did because you're not at the very beginning of your career. So you have money to go on holidays and buy clothes. You don't have to stay in the cheap cheap backpackers hostels anymore. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I feel like you are really cemented in your values by that age as well. And I know that these things change over time, but that's definitely my experience of turning 30. Mm. What about you, Claude? Yeah, I'm having a great time. <laughs> yeah, but I think, yeah, I agree. I agree with all of that. I think, you know, and I think if you don't feel that, then you should get a coach. If anyone's interested in life coaching or finding more about Alt Collective, where can they find you? Um, so you can find us on Instagram, Alt Collective Jersey, or LinkedIn and our website, alt-collective.co.uk. You can also Um, join one of our events we host regular female focused events and we're also organizing a large-scale event this march so watch this space and yeah hopefully see you there thanks for listening to the work in real life podcast i've been marcus farrell and i'm jenny winspear catch you on the next one